0: really here. This is Maccabish, cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life. And we're starting right now. Okay. So Carlos is not here because he's working on something amazing. We can't say what it is but we will announce it here when we can. This is actually gonna be a perfect episode to have Dennis here as an author because Chris is also a writer and he's also writing for something also amazing that we also (laughs) can't bring up here until later.
1: So, yeah, I, ugh, I'm under and I'm under NDA, so I can't release a whole lot of information, unfortunately.
0: So stop talking about wow. it. I just said that. <laughs>
1: <Damn>. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to make sure they like it's not because I don't want to. It's because legally I can't at the moment. Yeah, We're going to keep talking about it. He's
0: going to let stuff slip and then he's going to fired. So stop talking about it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Dennis, we got to know yeah. how to start. When do have you always wanted to be a writer? When did you start? Did you go to school for it? We want to hear the whole story.
2: It was actually kind of funny. Um, I was kind of grew up, you know, an only child and I read more than anything. And then I never really put, you know, kind of the connection together. I started writing originally in the fourth grade. I started doing little creative stories for my mother. She'd read them and tell me how great they were, you know, but (laughs) your moms are always kind of, you know, they're, they're like contractually obligated to lie to you.
1: Right. Yeah, moms are always our biggest fans
2: <laughs> it's true but yeah like yeah but that was my first I started little creative stories in the fourth grade by the time I was 16 I was submitting to different magazines stuff like that and then it just kind of continued into adulthood and especially after my mom died in 2016 is when I really got more into it
0: oh I, I had no idea mm. she passed yeah. I'm sorry to hear that
1: thank you yeah, that's hard.
0: Have you been published Ooh. in any uh, magazines that we would know of?
2: Uh, um, there was Shotgun Horror Magazine, was easy uh, e-zine that was on for a while. Uh, Deadlights Magazine, where it was like an anthology. Mm-hmm. Uh, more recently, I've actually my like newer work. I'm starting to submit to uh, you know the bigger ones like Apex, Clark's mm-hmm. World, things like that. So I'm just waiting to hear back on those. So fingers crossed.
0: Excellent. Very good. So I was listening to your audiobook. Oh no. <laughs> I I I first off, I was not warned like I should have known by the title that it was going to be as adult as it is. <laughs> cuz I was cuz I was kind of distracted. First off, I had it on, on speakerphone. And I should oh, have had it on speakerphone because I didn't know. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so after I fixed that and put it not on speakerphone, I actually thought it was pretty good. It was, it's got a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by the level of detail. It, it felt more like a script. Very, um, like Stephen King gives that kind of detail. Less raunch, but the same kind of detail. Yeah. And... Um, the one thing I thought about, one of his, his books, which is Talisman, there's a part in that story, a place called Oatly. Your book could have happened entirely in Oatly. It has the whole feel, the people, how the people talk, how kind of, and, and I, I mean no disrespect, lowbrow it is. I actually yeah.
2: no, kind of like that. It definitely lowbrow yeah well, and well that was kind of you know what's funny is the way those people talk to each other that was how me and my friends talked to each other from 2007 to 2012 those guys are basically you know my they're basically us and that was kind of only with a more I I don't know like I said we all remember those days when it was things were a lot different back then as far as like who heard what all you said but like everybody not a whole lot has changed with our generation except most of us learned to do better <laughs> right that's true and that's kind of what I want for those guys but
0: and so the characters are basically your friends immortalized <laughs> in a story
2: mm-hmm. yeah like and you know most of these guys I probably haven't seen I and probably since yeah right around 2011 like I haven't seen any of them it was just Kind of, uh, I don't know where you guys are from exactly, but down here, we kind of, everyone has kind of the Waffle House crew that we just sat and <laughs> talked talked about life, the universe and everything from 6 p.m. to like 3 in the morning.
0: No, I hear you. I'm from Texas and Chris is in Canada.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we, don't have- have <laughs> we don't have Waffle House up here, unfortunately. No. Um, we do have uh, like the all night truck stop type diners. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, my group of friends is very similar. I haven't seen them for quite a while, but we were the, like the weekly gaming group and like it nice. ended up just, you know, and we would do the same thing. Like we would be up until like two, three, four in the morning and it would be a combination of gaming and talking about video games and talking about comic books and talking about movies and just like everything that we could do. And it, which is a lot of fun, but I yeah. do the the same thing. Like a lot of my, a lot of my characters are based around people that I knew just because I, I, find it much easier almost to, to write, you know, somebody I know already.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to, to write depth and character. Mm-hmm. If you already know them, I've been working on a um, comic book series. It's not serious. It's like, I'll, I'll show you the art of it later, but it's everybody I know is in it. Like for real, everybody, oh, you'll be in really? it.
2: yeah and and
0: like your actual attributes because it's just what happened was when I was in therapy you know in therapy they say oh you need to start a journal I hate journaling hate journaling I like writing hate journaling but I started to like kind of sketch out the characters my thoughts and then I discovered it was actually kind of funny so I thought about well what if i made them into a book and one day i will but absolutely everybody that i come in contact with that i think is funny or that i like ends up in it because i'll have thoughts about them and some people are gonna hate it
2: i've made my piece it's
1: fine <laughs> do we really want to know what you think of it i don't know Well, you probably don't i'm just letting you know you're in there
2: that's awesome yeah well and that's you know when it comes to that i've i've gotten some pretty obvious like hate reviews that weren't exactly about the actual product so it happens to everybody and in fact Mm -hmm. some would say that's how you know you made it is when people take the time out of their day to try to tank your reviews Mm -hmm. (laughs) right
0: and it's true of all horror like if you just go on amazon the reviews are never ever ever about the story the reviews, yep. as a matter of fact, are not even based on reality. It's always, I thought the movie should have been this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yep. this. Therefore, this movie sucks. That's ridiculous, <laughs> and that's almost all of the reviews.
2: I've I've seen that before with uh, that story that I wrote The Corey. Somebody actually gave me a bad review. Well, I don't like occult books. You you bought it, lady. Right. It says occult. <laughs> <laughs> Like you you bought it and then Uh, gave me a negative review because you didn't like the genre
0: (laughs) right as a matter of fact it's such a thing that when I see a ton of bad reviews now I have to buy it and I have Mm -hmm. to consume it because I don't trust those reviews Mm -hmm. because it's usually never about the product
2: that makes me kind of want to give Nickelback
1: another chance
0: (laughs) there you go (laughs)
1: Uh, no, I think you're. I think you're safe in not giving them another shot. <laughs> That's cold,
0: man. Hey, well, I'm not a fan. From a man who loves Steven Seagal, I'm saying oh. I'm not surprised.
2: <laughs> I thought we could have. I thought we were going to be friends. I, I thought that oh well, out. not
1: anymore, I guess. <laughs> well, I can't say love, but you know. <laughs> no, no. I've, I've never met the man. I don't know if he's as horrible as everybody says, but I don't really want to find out. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they say. They say they do.
0: They they say never meet your heroes. Yeah. That's why. That's
2: true too. Have any of you guys had any of those negative experiences meeting your childhood hero?
1: Um, I've been lucky enough to only have positive experiences. I think Um, I met Roddy Piper a number of years ago before he passed away, and he was such a like such a wonderful, wonderful person to just chat with and like he 100 appreciated his fan base entirely um i met doug bradley same thing um george romero tom savini well tom savini was a little bit drunk i think when i met him so <laughs> <laughs> either that or he was very hungover from the night before i'm not 100 percent certain but i'm not going to hold that against him because it was a, like it was a saturday morning at a convention they had the big mixer party friday night so you know oh, what? Yeah. If he had a little bit too much of a drink, I get it. That's fine. That's oh, all you're there yeah, for. Yeah, I'd have been hungry too. Yeah, right. right.
0: <laughs> and frankly, so, if I had met a hero and I got cussed out, I wouldn't necessarily say that that was a bad thing. No. I Because I got cussed out by my hero. Like, what? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Are you? So right? We had an actual, <laughs> in, a real interaction. We didn't act like we were friends. This man hates me.
1: Exactly. And I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who doesn't want like, to get told off by Tony Todd? <laughs> right?
2: Samuel L. Jackson called me a motherfucker in, in real time. I would be okay with it. Oh, so, oh, God. Yeah.
1: Are you kidding? That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I would ask him to do it again and leave it on my voicemail.
0: Right? <laughs> like so- Someone complained. They went to a convention and they complained that Bruce Campbell was rude. I'm like, no. after a long day of being at a convention, you know, don't take it
1: personally. Yeah. They yeah. Would, <laughs> was he rude at his like autograph table or was he rude because you approached him at McDonald's when he was trying to order a cheeseburger? Like, yeah. which of these things happened?
0: Right. So, That's you know, I, I wouldn't take that personally at all. No. Yeah.
2: See, yeah, relative. I mean, like, I wish, yeah, my experience with my, um, I don't want to say his name. It was, a, it's a martial arts guy. And I used to, I had his, you know, cover of Black Belt Magazine all the, stuff i was crazy really into mm. the uh really into what they were doing okay and i ended up having a chance to more or less meet him online kind of like the organization finally came on it was a bunch of old dudes mostly so they finally kind of brought everything over and it turns out uh dude was more or less a neo-Nazi and I don't mean like we disagreed on politics I mean like invading Poland type Nazi and oh. that dude was just <laughs> yeah no indication at all until you know, now that everyone's online and sharing opinions, it was one of those situations where it was like, uh, what was that Riley said on uh, the boondocks? It was like going to heaven and, and seeing God smoking crack, it was scary. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's that unfortunate.
0: Guy, mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it was that's why I always say from now on, if there's a hero, I just don't want to meet him.
0: Here's a question if you had the opportunity. To make one of your books a movie which one would it be
2: who who would make I mean, it if it were a movie it would probably be fang bangers nocturnal emissions mm-hmm. just just it has kind of the uh, clerks meets blade in a truck stop bathroom type mm-hmm. feel and it's, it's hilarious to me
0: yeah
2: but it, like if it was like a series brothers last call was the one i had traditionally published by craven slaughterhouse in maidstone england Mm -hmm. and that one i enjoyed and that one would be it's kind of like it would have more of a black mirror feel except there would be like a central you know kind of like the crypt keeper would get up there and talk it's kind of like these two this angel and this demon talking back and forth and you know just talking about the old days and that's where those short stories come from Mm -hmm. you could do one of those you know for episodes
1: I can yeah, see that. great. you mentioned the, <laughs> you mentioned the two books that I've read so far. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> that's perfect. I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: yeah, yeah I got I got skewered on the uh, on the uh, brother's last call, but I was really young when I wrote it. so
0: I think that's probably the worst thing about the internet mm-hmm. is people don't really allow for time and age. Just, <laughs> all they know is I just consume this and I think it sucked.
2: And And now everybody has to know.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I'm the kind of person, I I just think, like, this is somebody's livelihood, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be that serious. You don't have to like it. It's fine. But, like, why are you just smearing them across the internet? Like, let other people decide for themselves. You don't need to tell people, don't consume this. It sucks. This is what I say. I didn't really care for it. But you should watch it or read it, and then tell mm-hmm. me what you think, cause I mean, that's only fair,
2: yeah, that was kind of how, like with um that's what I, a lot of us talked about. what were the uh, not the hunger games, but Divergent? Mm-hmm. like
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I read the I read the Divergent series. And I'll tell you guys what I personally thought is that it was, it honestly, it was hard to read. It was very start, stop, start, stop, very, I don't know, it was kind of like it was written by a kid writing for, you know, a report on his fit, you know, seventh grade, mm, okay. uh, you know. So it was kind of like the way it was written, I could not stand it, but I loved the story. So I finished it. That's what I always tell people. It's like, I didn't like how it was written, but obviously the story is pretty banging because they made three movies out of it. Mm-hmm. So you should check it out.
1: Yeah, somebody saw something they liked in it. That's for sure.
2: Of oh course. god, and I hate that I missed that. that that was so at that time everything was between Twilight that mm-hmm. uh, Hunger Games there were there was those three or four movie uh yep. deals <laughs> a lot of those young adult books.
1: Yeah, that was yeah, that was big in the I guess in the early the late 2000s and the early 2010s.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: Like that market exploded for a while.
0: Oh, that's true. And there was one, this person was apparently homeschooled, wrote a bunch of books. It, it was like people were getting, these movies are being made from books and, and I couldn't understand how it was happening. Everybody wanted to write then. Oh, maybe I'll get discovered. It's like, what does that even mean? You got to write a book at a mall and maybe somebody's got to discover you. Like, well, what does that mean? <laughs>
1: you're sitting there in the food court typing away and the publisher walks up to you and, oh, I see you're writing. Let me offer you a contract.
0: There you go. That's,
1: uh... <laughs> oh, God, if it was that easy, I would be under so many different contracts now. <laughs> yeah, that would be God. amazing, right?
2: I That would be, that would just be, for me, it was the funny part about it was I had basically just... <laughs> the first time I'd ever gotten published that was kind of, it, it wasn't like a disc. It was, wasn't like he saw me writing, but it was like, I met this dude uh, to a mutual friend. And it turned out that, you know, he worked with these uh, worked with Craven Slaughterhouse. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I got brother's last call and I let them read it. So that's kind of, it's kind of funny. Sometimes you stumble onto mm. it, but then other times I think when I between before everybody went to uh, email, I spent hundreds of dollars on postage, just yeah. sending oh, yeah. stories everywhere.
1: Yep. Right.
2: But, but see, that's, my age,
1: that's why yeah, well, it's, networking is so important, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, true. Yeah. And I went through that, too. And you have to, you know, what if you if you want it back, you have to send them a postage paid envelope to return it in. So you're paying double for the postage already. That's true. Yeah. Yep. You know, otherwise you, you get the little the form letter. we like it or we don't like it so that's that's it that's what you get yeah the old ones written by hand in like high school for part of an exam and that's it now it's in a box somewhere
2: really yeah yeah. there was these three well i got really into pulp horror like i started watching old tales from the crypt and i just wrote short horror for horror's sake just Mm -hmm. bad horror Bad horror is all it was, and <laughs> I like. I loved it. I liked mm-hmm. it, and I figured, well, hell, zombies came back. Maybe one day this will too.
0: <laughs> right. That's why yep. you keep everything because everything comes back.
1: Everything Eventually. is cyclical. yeah Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's the we have the new Creep Show series right now, and that's exactly like what the old Tales from the Crypt was.
0: yeah Like true. it's got yep. it's,
1: it's schlocky. It's got like horror. It's got comedy and they're what 45 minute episodes like it's not a lot of content but it's fun stuff like what, when you're sit down to write something what is your process do you um like do you do you map it all out first or do you kind of just write off the cuff
2: sometimes i have an idea uh kind of what i want to happen eventually and then i'll just start writing an everyday situation with the main character so i can find out their name what they look like stuff like that mm-hmm. and then trying to work my way up to i never map anything out i don't like create massive you know worlds like i have a few towns that you're going to see over and over again if you read enough of my stuff and i guess they are kind of part of it the same you know continuity but it's Mm -hmm. just um yeah usually it's just kind of off off, you know from the hip okay and then editing to fix it later Mm mm-hmm that, I mean, is that how, how do you do it? Do you... Uh, very
1: similar, actually. Um, and I'll do the same thing. Like I, I will. My problem is I have an issue with starting. It's hard for me sometimes to decide, OK, what do I consider the beginning of this story? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'll have everything kind of figured out and I'll think, OK, well, this is how I want to end it. These are the things that I want to be in it. But where do I start it? So it, it got to a point where for a while I was just starting things in the middle. And I thought, you know what, like stuff has happened before this. It doesn't matter what it was. <laughs> if I need to allude to it, then I make a, you know, I'll write a, a flashback. I'll write a bit of dialogue. Oh, do you remember when this happened? And that's it. Like, and then move on. So once I figured out that I don't need to start at a beginning and I can kind of start just in the middle of life, it made it much easier to start kind of presenting things. But I, And I do the same, like you mentioned, where I'll start with using a real life event almost as a basis or like a memory of you know something that happened to me like 30 years ago and i'll just i'll bring that up and i'll say okay well what if this had happened to you know character a character b and character c yeah and then here's how they will respond to these events
0: i think starting in the middle is the only way to go i think that's how you get a good story because you find because the middle is going to start with like something really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't want to start off boring and then hopefully you find something really good you want to start off at the good part and then work your way essentially backwards if you Mm -hmm. have to
1: good to to kind of do it that way and then I, i did the same thing i just kind of let it flow and if there's no flow then i'll stop that particular story for the moment and i'll move on to something else like i have i don't even know at this point i have so many partially started stories and just random snippets of ideas that I've you know written down in different files it's crazy I've got well looking right now I've got three notebooks sitting on this table that are just full of partial stories random ideas bits and pieces of things a couple of completed outline-ish stories I don't know if I'll ever get back to them but they're there
2: yeah the only thing I really keep up with is quotes that I think of or that I want to use Mm -hmm. and then that's the only thing I write down, really. It's just because if I, I don't know, if I try to move around and do too much on too many different stories, I just can't. And yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't know, you guys love horror. We could sit there and watch, you know, six hours worth of horror movies. But I, after that, I kind of need to get like a psychological thriller in there somewhere.
1: <laughs> Have you ever had that experience where your characters start doing things you didn't want them to do?
2: Not really. It okay. just depends. Like i've like i've definitely i've definitely had times where it was like i'm not exactly sure how i got here but i've mm-hmm. always usually been able to rein it in and get it to where i needed it there yeah uh, i think the only the only time when that kind of stuff happened that's when i th- those are the ones that got thrown away i think was just yeah. like oh i don't
1: know what's happening here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you guys have gone too far <laughs> off of my planned track you're done that's it i'm finished with you
2: I'm turning (laughs) this car around and we
1: are going home. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your universe will never be complete.
2: Oh, yeah. And that's what I love about doing short fiction again. Getting back into that is just you have your story and that little world and you just deal with it. Like some of them, not even any more than, you know, 1500 words. It just Mm -hmm. kind of depends. Like I like the short brief stuff because I guess instant gratification when you get to the end of it. I think that's why Black Mirror and things like that ended up so successful.
1: So what's the, um, what's the shortest piece you've ever written? 1100 words. Okay.
2: I think 1100 or, and if you count stuff from when I was a teenager that never made it to publication, that would be (laughs) probably like 500. Okay.
1: Flash. Okay. So super flash fiction. Yeah. Okay. And what's your, what's your longest? Would like the um, nocturnal emissions, would that be your longest or is there longer content out there?
2: Uh, Brothers, I think Brothers Last Call is, a am trying to remember, I think 25,000 was um, the Terrorverse Slasher Survival School.
0: What's your least favorite published work?
2: Hmm. The original release of Fangbangers. Uh, like the one that you guys have probably read is um, Nocturnally Mission, Bangers Nocturnally Missions. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of brought the universe together because I wanted to start a series but <clears throat> i wanted to use the terraverse but like the continuity was all jacked up from the different stories, so that was kind of my uh what is it called when you change the canon retcon, retcon yeah yeah so like those are the ones i i i just wanted to throw those all together and like i said Sl- slasher survival school was the first time i had written anything that a lot of people wanted to read mm-hmm. so i yeah i liked <laughs> i kind of fell in love with the uh with that particular universe and just still there
1: yeah and i, I just I, I love the descriptions in that where you know characters are literally telling each other well guess what you're living in a horror movie so you gotta follow the rules
0: there you go i, lo- I love those kind of movies by the yeah, way it's, it's,
1: yeah oh, it's, God, it's just, yeah
0: my least favorite horror movies are the ones where whatever they're dealing with they've never heard of it they don't have a tv they've mm-hmm. never seen anything <laughs> like it and we're all sitting there like a, for, are you for real this is a vampire you really yeah. don't know what to do you know
2: what? i'm gonna yeah. turn this off <laughs> that's what drove me crazy about walking dead that's a you know in the comics it's a world where the word zombie and the the concept wasn't around so nobody used the word zombie but the mm-hmm. whole time you're watching it you're just getting more and more pissed like right. just say it
1: right yeah oh and they come up with so many different terms for it and not one of them is zombie yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Yeah. I never finished that, and I need to finish it. But let me just first tell you this: the second season, when it turned into a soap opera, I'm like, <laughs> where did we go wrong? Because I don't give a crap about this woman and her husband and her boyfriend and her everybody yeah. being jealous about it. That was so yeah. I almost gave up right there.
1: Yeah, it went yeah. Um, it went downhill season two to about season four to six, or kind of slow, and then it picked up a little bit again.
2: Yeah, my Eric? wife just finished it. I I, I stopped at, mm. I don't even remember exactly where. It was one of those things where it was like, yeah, you can go ahead. It stopped being interesting to me after they found Alexandria and the whole thing with the governor. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm pretty much checked out at
1: that point. Mm, so you checked out at like season four.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, Like, that's when I lost interest. I watched up to about six or seven, I think. And then, or when Rick left, that was right. actually, yeah, that was when I was like, yeah. Okay, I'm not really interested. <laughs> well, yeah. Everybody's gone. T Dog died way too early, and I was mm-hmm. pissed about that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You can see them struggling early in yeah. that show. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you struggling? This is a whole universe. You should be struggling, especially the first, first few seasons, y'all are already struggling. I don't get it. I did not get that at all. And then they started um, and- killing off favorite characters
2: mm-hmm. too soon. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it wasn't even the damn character or, sorry it wasn't even the okay. sometimes it wasn't even the character that um like that died in the comic it was just like i said t-dog is actually if i don't i don't remember it when if or when he died but he was definitely around for um he was like a council yeah. member somewhere i can't quite even a bit it. longer
1: than he was in the in the tv series that's for sure yeah. i don't remember exactly when because it's been a while since I've gone back and reread the series but he was around for quite a bit longer.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those kind of continuity I guess errors that that sucks too. Like if you're going to do something based on a comic or a book, at least keep continuity with the characters. Yes. Like change the surrounding areas leave the characters alone because Mm -hmm. you know you're depending on people fans of the comic to watch this show if you start messing up the characters and when they die and how they die it's going to be a problem Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and that's like you know and i'm usually one of the people it's like you know i'm cool with characters being fluid between mediums like it's not usually that big of a deal but then when you have something that's very clearly supposed to be this comic like you, they've made no attempt to not be that comic you know what i mean right and then to do something just blatant like that never makes sense to me
1: yeah
0: and especially when like okay so they they kill off a character too soon relative to the comic but like they're still very active to the story and then they have to bring in a whole new character mm-hmm. that has to do that thing because you already killed off the character <laughs> what that makes yeah. no sense and it's dumb and annoying
2: Yeah. My guess is they just didn't want to pay the actor.
1: Yeah. Or his contract had run out and he didn't feel like renewing it or whatever the case is. Yeah. 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 Now you've got (laughs) um, Daryl is doing things that Rick was supposed to do.
0: And what's very interesting, because I've watched enough horror and all this, especially ones that are based on books and comics, um, even if I haven't read the comic, I immediately know. When they've gone off the path, the comic because it stops making sense.
2: They're <laughs> so yeah. like, wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait, oh, what? It's like it's like trying to watch *Dust Till Dawn*. It, like you could tell right when George Romero or Romero picked up, he was just like, all of a sudden, it's like this this really gritty crime drama. Oh, this is so awesome! Then all of a sudden, uh, screw it, we got vampires now. Like it was just so yeah. off the wall to me.
0: Right, like you can tell a casual fans won't. they don't know they whatever they're just in it but when you're like a serious fan even if you don't know the original stories you can still tell it's Mm -hmm. clear as day you may not know exactly what happened but you know something happened because now (laughs) it feels wrong
1: you know it wasn't what you just saw
0: well it just it just doesn't feel right It, it it goes from feeling right To not feeling right at all. For a long time, by the way. And then you just kind (laughs) of get that they've gone back onto the path of the story.
2: because That they have jumped the shark at some point and came back.
0: Right. You just can't put your finger on it. But you know something horrible has happened. And they did it for no reason. And like Chris said, maybe a contract thing. Whatever. I do want to finish Walking that Because just to finish it. Because I do know I needed to take a break. When uh, Glenn got his head, his face bashed in, I was so <laughs> mad. That that man ran all those
1: seasons.
0: He mm-hmm. was running mm-hmm. just to end like that.
1: Oh no! Mm-hmm. I had to take a break. <laughs> but that was also a very comic book accurate ending for him. It's true. It's true. Like but most of the most of the Negan stuff was almost one hundred percent comic continuity. I didn't. And- Take a break because it was off. I just took a break because I was mad. That's all.
2: That was it. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to do it. You got to just put it down, go somewhere else. I felt the same. I felt the same way. It was like, because I hadn't read the comics up to that part yet. So it was kind of one of those. And then when it happened, I was just like, well. Oh, that was a bit of a spoiler for you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want any more part of this. (laughs) Yep.
1: See, I almost felt the same way when it looked like Glenn wasn't going to get killed because the way the episode was paced and, you know, because Negan, he killed somebody else first. And I was like, well, that's supposed to be Glenn. Like, why is it not Glenn? And I was yelling at the TV. Why is this not Glenn? I knew it was going to be Glenn (laughs)
0: because they were stretching it out. I was like, it's going to be Glenn. I know it. I know. And then it was. I was like, fuck this show.
1: It lived exactly up to your expectations, so you gave up on it.
0: It's just just one of those moments you have a favorite character, you mm -hmm. don't want them to die. That's it. That's all it
1: was. It's true. Um Dennis, do you have a favorite character in your like in what you write in your um overall in your books? Or or like is there a specific character that you really don't want to see have to end at some point?
2: Finnis the okay. uh, fennis Bond, yep. fennis the bard yep he that character is actually less of a character he's that's my character in every game i play um okay. whether it's D D or, or mass effect i make fennis in some way shape or form and i just thought it would be funny to include what a, like what if this dude actually existed in all mm-hmm. these different universes and that was kind of I don't know. To me, it was funny as hell. Uh, a lot of the, the folks that read it, like they they know me on message boards and stuff like that. And Fennis is always a popular dude. They like him more than they like me. So, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well, he is a pretty twisted character.
2: Uh, yeah, he's not. And that's the, what I always try to like. I don't like him. Like I don't think he's a decent whatever he is. He's not even a human. Mm-hmm. Like he just kind of exists. But I I don't really like him. He just he's just kind of this demented i don't know i think kind of rick sanchez if only less smart Mm -hmm. just he has all this yeah he just kind of has this he can do pretty much whatever he goes anywhere he has rules that none of us know so it's just the whole thing to me is i like writing them and then you know the whole necronomicon idea we know where that came from Mm -hmm. so right but yeah like i don't know i just like all these different genres and all these different things come kind of mixing together just to form the terrorverse, like this coherent universe of horror movie logic.
0: Right. I want to tell you something. Like I said, I was I uh, I'm listening to your uh, audio book, and the guy that's reading, he's fine. But I'm telling you, he took me out of the story. I'm glad it's a horror comedy kind of a thing, because... I cracked up so hard when he was doing the women's voices. <laughs> and when he was like, Oh, it's supposed to be Irish. this is supposed to be Cajun. I was like, This is this is hilarious. What?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, those, you know, it's funny because those white girls are co-eds. They they don't not really necessarily may not sound too different. Right. So it was like one of those I didn't like those characters. I hate that I even wrote them, to be 100 percent honest. Now I have to figure out what to do with them. Right. That's kind of part That's part of my problem. I should have just left it with the three guys.
0: <laughs> ah, kill them.
1: You know. I was going to say, that's, that's what sequels are for, right? You get rid of all the characters you didn't like in the last movie. That's oh, what horror actually, is for. Just kill them. Exactly. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I was,
2: I was kind of thinking that uh, Fennis would keep, you know, they'd keep dying in these different scenarios he set up and then just keep bringing them back to do a different one. Like kind of, it's <laughs> kind of like oh. toys, just
1: that's horrendous (laughs) especially if they remember like every time
2: (laughs) yeah that was kind of my thought but then what is it called happy death day came out and i was like fuck it i'm not doing this every like anytime you write something what's funny is i wrote brother's last call and then somebody was like oh man uh so you like good omens i was like what the hell is good omens (laughs) i had never read good omen and then i read it and i was like well i look like a hack that's great (laughs) but it turns out that I've never read good omens, but I've read or watched things that good omens has inspired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what happens. Uh, Yeah. It's weird how that works, but yeah, it was funny. I'd never seen the original piece, but then I read it and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is, this isn't a homage. This is a, this is
0: copying. (laughs) We've talked about here about things getting in the ether. That's what
2: happens. Mm -hmm
0: so you you can't help it it's just a human thing and a lot of us if we like the same things you come to the same conclusions so that's just what happens it's fine
2: i mean some people think that um you know rob zombie is the greatest horror director of all time and the rest of us know that those people are wrong
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think a lot of the actors are just phenomenal
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha.
0: Definitely. So that's probably what people are like yeah. really talking about because that's what I get excited about when I watch one of his movies. So I'm like, oh, he's
1: in this. This is going to be good. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, how I, mean, I feel about it.
1: <laughs> you see, a lot of those people who were like, wait, he's still alive? Wow. Oh, yeah. Really? I didn't know he was well, still around.
2: And at least those actors are cool about it. Like, because it's not like Jennifer Aniston trying to get the leprechaun cans because she got <laughs> famous.
0: <laughs> yeah. I couldn't (laughs) wait to remind people that she was in that.
1: That was great. They're like, what? It's like, yeah, yeah, you guys uh, should watch it. (laughs) I love it. I love the fact that there are like video boxes of it that have her face is just plastered all over the front of the box. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's so great. Just, you know, embrace it. Yep.
2: Thank you. Well, it's like the I was watching I was watching behind the or not behind the mask. We we can talk about behind the mask someday if you'd like. Mm -hmm. But that's uh, what was it? it was on netflix it was they were talking about the original friday the 13th when they made it the actress was like yeah you know i i she was talking about like the different scenes and stuff and she was like you know i took off my top because i didn't think anybody was going to see it so, <laughs> <laughs> Like you never know what's going to happen later on yep. it's true kinda...
0: yeah <laughs> by the way why in the world would you do something with the thought in mind that nobody's going to see this
2: well, I mean, at the time, I can tell you why I would, I've written some really, I've written some really weird shit for, for money. <laughs> it was just, it's kind of like someone, the whole blue curtain thing that writers talk about. It's like, sometimes the curtains just blue because I needed to pad my word count.
0: Listen, if I do something, yep, I did it. You know, if it's, I, I did it. It's out there. So yep. it's fine. Yep, I'm not yeah. ashamed. I if don't care. If you do it,
2: own it. <laughs> I mean, y'all are braver than me there, there's some things I just, just like my my weird haircut faces and stuff just, I, I just <laughs> rather things not that. I'm 35 though so most of my bad decisions weren't public so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true that's true uh, yeah. you gotta own it you gotta own it, it I is... went through I, I was gonna say I went through a Steven Seagal phase but I'm still kind of in it started when I was like 16 and now I'm <laughs> f- uh, well over 16
0: but really it's not what you do it's how you react when people find out that's the Mm -hmm. issue so if you're like yeah i did it i don't i don't care yeah then it 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 stops right there but but when you're like it wasn't me i didn't Mm -hmm. do that and then and then it's okay it was me but i didn't know i was tricked i i didn't know what i was doing Mm -hmm. that's what drags it
1: out because now you look dumb (laughs) or how did you (laughs) find that oh my god i didn't think that was out there yeah
2: but <laughs> it's, it's just, d- just denial
1: is what yeah. messes you yeah. up if
0: you're gonna deny yeah. it, to take it to your grave even yeah. that's clearly your face like that's not me
2: we're all shaggy it wasn't me right mm-hmm. just
1: that's your name in the credits
0: no it's not
1: no it's not it's a different guy same name different guy
0: it's not me just just yeah. take <laughs> it to the end just never ever give it up ever that would be hilarious Mm -hmm. and if i did that that's what i would do that's not me i don't know (sighs) what you're talking about that's your voice no it's not no it ain't
1: (laughs) (laughs) i ain't never talked (laughs) to these guys who are you i don't know
0: i mean just don't (laughs) punk out whatever decision you choose stick to the decision it's the punk out that gets Mm -hmm. people looking crazy
2: the the whole genre of horror is i like how it's changing it's significantly The art, you know the Terrorverse is about those corny horror movie rules and stuff. But I like as kind of time has gone on, Wes Craven and John Carpenter aren't the only one writing scripts anymore. So things are starting to, I like where things are going. It's like uh, Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't even know the dude was a director. I thought it, what, uh, Key and Peele was the funniest damn show. And, but then they go, then, you know, I see, oh, Jordan, what is, what is Get Out? Mm-hmm. You see it. And it's amazing. Us, just as amazing. Uh, what is it he did? Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh, this dude, is, this dude is going to be the next Alfred Hitchcock. And I'm like, no, no, this dude is the only Jordan Peele. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock. Mm. Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> no, no. Alfred Hitchcock wishes he was his creative. That I love that dude, and I hope he stays in the genre and just dominates it. So do
0: I. He's done really great things, and I'm discovering with the people we get, have on here, including our last guest, that a lot of people that act—they're writers. They're—they are directors, and they have the dream of running their own show. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of actors who are also writers who also are directors. We just haven't—they either haven't done big enough productions, or they're just doing stuff for YouTube right now. But uh, that's a lot of people, which is
2: cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to try screenwriting. I just, I don't think I'd be very good at it. There's like, like Brothers' Last Call. It would be, I would think it would be freaking hilarious, or not Brothers' Last Call. I'm sorry, but Fangbanger's Nocturnal Emissions. If somebody like wrote a script for it, but I would never try. I don't think
0: it reads like a script though. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like you, it's got <laughs> it. that's the first thing I thought when I had it on was like, this
1: is why. There's, it's so intricate. This is yeah. a script. A that's no a script. The dialogue. Be... the dialogue is solid. Like it it honestly, it as I was reading it, it played out like a movie. Right. The dialogue is solid. I think it could be a very solid script. It's and, I mean you know, when I... it comes to screenwriting, obviously your formatting is different, but
2: that's what I was gonna the say. The fundamentals I, I appreciate... are pretty much the same. And I may look into it. I just see the stuff where they're talking about camera, does this stuff? I, I don't understand. Like so for me, like I'm like I've been writing, you know, obviously, I said I was like 35 earlier. So for me, mm-hmm. like changing formats and now, like trying to do like learn a different form of manuscript just terrifies me. So I guess I'm just not going to put in the effort, I think would be <laughs> the more honest answer.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I get that. I get it. But you, you also have to keep in mind your initial drafting of a script. Doesn't include camera angles or visuals or anything like that. You write basically like you're writing the story. Yeah. And then it goes through, I mean, if you're the writer and director, then of course you have to worry about, you know, storyboarding and your, you know, shots and angles and stuff like that. But if you're just writing as a writer, unless something is specific to a visual that you want to tell the story through, you don't need to really worry about like the camera is positioned here. Or we're looking at it from here or this or that or the other thing. Cause that all comes down to once somebody is, you Know when somebody is on set, that's those are decisions made when it comes to the cinematographer, the director of photography, the director themselves. You no, know, if you're really on set for it, great. You get you know, you get your input potentially, but it's it's not something that you need to write into every scene of your script.
2: Okay. I guess I'll maybe something to look into then. I always just kind of assumed that was, but then again, the people I were hanging out with, they they wrote and directed and everything else. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, so they're doing,
1: doing They're doing every job basically themselves. So they're pre-planning all of their shots as they're writing the script. Oh, dang. I'm going to have to look into it now. Yeah, Yeah. you
0: just, let me just say something too. I invite you to just do something you didn't think you could do. Because Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, and this kind of sucks because I can't say anything about it. Because I've been making music that is essentially horror score music. I got the opportunity to do some of that and I didn't know until after I did it that it apparently was a dream I never knew I had but you can't know until you do it just Mm -hmm. just freaking do it you have literally nothing to
2: lose I guess that's what I'm gonna have to do after I finish this short and get it in circulation then I guess uh I got three going around now so we'll just I'll take some time to look into screenwriting.
1: Yeah, and what's yeah. what's really good about, especially for screenwriting, is there are a lot of actual like shooting scripts that have been published. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the original one for the Matrix is floating around. The um, Tarantino and Rodriguez script for From Dusk Till Dawn was published. Um, Peter Atkins oh, recently me, yes. published the um, the original script for Hellraiser Four, and a lot of these you can just find on Amazon. And it gives know, you a really nice way to look at what, it, like, what is the difference between a script versus what you actually see on screen. And can I just – I want to
0: reverse back to what you were talking about, how you wanted to bring two, those uh, female characters back and have yeah. the bards kill them in different ways. I think mm-hmm. you should do that. Don't worry about this whole, oh, I'm copying other people. Because let, <laughs> let me just tell you something. Demons – and demons Two, mm-hmm. was that and yeah. i love that mm-hmm. just the whole concept of bringing characters back making them completely different characters it's a completely different show mm-hmm. same kind of monsters but it's different i love that and that's why demons and demons two two are my favorite movies i don't want people that's to good. not do it because they're like oh, i don't want to copy forget that everything's been done already anyway <laughs> yeah
1: who cares <laughs> nothing's originally horror (laughs) horror as a genre is built on copying other people's work
2: (laughs) and that's uh, why we have so many supernatural slashers just exactly
1: around yeah like where where you come in is is you have your specific voice in telling the story i mean well you even mentioned or whoever wrote your um and i forget his name i'm really sorry whoever wrote your um forward to oh yeah nocturnal emissions like He, he admits in the, like, vampires have been done to death, and yet here you are writing a new vampire story with a different take on the vampire universe. Yeah.
0: And, and we always – let me tell you something. Fans and vampires are always looking for different vampire stories. Yeah. We want different takes on old favorites. That's what people oh, are yeah. looking for. I have seen a million zombie movies. I will watch a, a million more because mm-hmm. I want to see something different. Yes, yeah, zombies, mm-hmm. but give me something different, different settings, different kinds of zombies.
2: Yeah. 28 days later, now they can run. Damn. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and they're not even really zombies, like it's rage, like yeah, somebody yeah, flipped true. on a rage switch, and then there you go. So, but it's still a different spin on the zombie genre, which is yeah. why it's so loved. That's what we're all looking for. To to pop in that next movie and then It's different, Mm -hmm. but the same, but different. And Mm -hmm. we love it.
1: So don't worry about copying other people. Who cares? Yeah. And it's a (laughs) huge, I mean, vampire fiction as a a solid example, because since we're speaking of it, it's a huge example. I can't even tell you how many different vampire books I have. 80% of them are pretty much the same story, just told through somebody else's point of view. And yet I keep buying them and I keep reading them. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah and my favorite was uh john stakeley uh this is i guess for this is a movie podcast mostly so i guess uh john carpenter's vampires yep. was based on this book and the take on them was so great i actually stole some of it for the Fangbangers. bangers i love mm-hmm. the idea of when they first turn that they're basically rotting they're not kind of like the ghouls from vampire in mm-hmm. brooklyn right and so yeah so like that whole thing that whole genre that you could just take little bits and pieces out of all of it. And it's so, that's one of my favorite genres to write in. Like Rick Goltieri, the guy who actually did that forward has the build a vampire series. And mm-hmm. it, it's like all in the first person guy gets turned into a vampire. The whole thing is just, it's so great. So you can do all kinds of fun stuff with it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And yeah, I just posted uh, a few days ago, vampire journals, I mean, it's about vampires, but there mm-hmm. are parts in there that I love. Like when Ash goes to sleep, he turns into a whole corpse, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. rotted, nothing but ashes and bones. Then he wakes up and then he reconstitutes himself. So I at. love that. And it was it was very disturbing, but I love it. And that's what we're all looking for. Just different little pieces mm-hmm. to our beloved stories you don't need to reinvent the wheel and people it's been proven over and over again people don't like that anyway anytime somebody makes a movie where it is completely different no one watches it don't or worry too about many people
2: that. watch it and get the wrong idea
0: right right oh <laughs> we know people are dedicated to getting the wrong idea for sure mm-hmm. but i follow this lady on instagram scuza connie reads she is in like all the book clubs and she reads all the books, and a lot of them are horror. I'm too busy. I cannot be sifting through books and movies. It's impossible. But she is amazing. Like, if you're looking for more books, I'll I'll tag her in the description of this. Mm-hmm. and Instagram, she's, like, in all the book clubs. And she reads all the books. I just let her sit yeah. for me. I'm like, just tell me yeah. if they good.
1: So yeah, I can get the books. Like, horror as a genre for fiction is just... It's, it's overwhelming the amount yes. of writers there are yes. and, yeah and I mean both doing like self-publishing through Amazon and Kindle and ones who have been you know who are being published by small press or what like there is so much of it
2: and, and, right, and part of me hates that but part of me loves it it has a lot you know it's I don't know like for I don't know about how you feel about it but for me it's like coming from a different era with the writing it's like like used to, you knew somebody was a writer or you considered them successful when they published in mm-hmm. a reputable press or or they had a novel or something like that. And then all this came like self-published, which I do it now and it's great, but at the mm-hmm. time it was like – this. it just feels – it's kind of like it, it's basically – I, I don't know it just felt weird it's like anybody can do this it's like yeah. people remember you used to be a sucker if you would spend money at a vanity press type of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so
1: that's exactly what i was gonna that's it's and that's what it used that was the stigma through like the 70s the 80s the 90s is mm-hmm. it's it's vanity press like you're paying somebody to publish your book you're not actually a published author
2: yeah you're not an author like that always... i mean
1: now and there's so and even um, like even big names are self-publishing like Barry Eisler just self-publishes a lot of his own stuff, Jeff Summers. And these are actual like these were published authors who have contracts
0: right. and yeah. they're still
1: putting out their own content. So it, it doesn't have the, the same stigma about it that it used to. Um, and I mean, I've, I've done both. I, um, I have two novels out there that I self published I also have a number of short stories that appear in other people's publications yeah. Um, I have half a dozen books that I, you know, I was involved in the like editing of various anthologies. So, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I don't I, I don't have an issue with self-publishing. I as far as I'm concerned, if I have a story that I feel should be out there, I'm going to put it out there whether somebody else wants to do it for me or not.
2: And you get more than 10 cents.
1: It, well, that too. Exactly. <laughs> It'd be nice to get those advances like Stephen King gets, but you know what? You take what you can get. But plus, can I just say the gatekeeping sucks. Only certain
0: people Mm -hmm. get a chance. Yeah. And that sucks. That's part of the reason why I love indie movies. Mm -hmm. I love self-publishers because who knows what the gatekeepers are keeping us from being able to consume because they only want people who've gone to school and who know Mm -hmm. all the right people. And then they let them in. Meanwhile, there are real people working real jobs struggling who are great authors Mm -hmm. great writers and will never know because of the gatekeepers yeah and that sucks so i'm glad self-publishing came along and anybody's like oh you're not a real author you know what shut up you're not writing any books (laughs) and if you were i'm not reading it because you you suck (laughs) What, what the hell
1: yeah you are you have that attitude i'm not gonna buy your stuff
0: right but I do it's, need somebody um, yeah, to sift through them for me because yeah. I don't have time.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, that's that's the big problem is there's just, there is, there's there's so much.
0: Right.
1: And it's hard to, like, find, it, it's hard to find the time to get through it all and it's hard to find, you know, one that resonates with you. Like, I've tried sure. all kinds of different, you know, small press, big press, indie stuff, and some of it resonates, some of it doesn't. Yeah. But, you know who has the time when like 60 or 70 new books drop on a weekly basis on amazon
2: well and i found you know i found very like fewer small time authors that i really enjoy but i also for some reason i guess it's just this weird mentality where i don't want to risk the money on something i may not like Mm -hmm. if i get if stephen king drops a new book i have it on pre-order like, why don't we have, why don't I have that same energy for some of these, <laughs> Yeah. for some, you know, more indie authors, but I, I don't know. Like, I-, I just, I get stingy and I just want to make sure I know I'm going to enjoy what I'm reading.
0: <laughs> That's why I follow somebody who has book, who's part of book clubs. Cause I, yeah. well, not just, you know, I have so many books unread that I don't want books where I'm like, I'm not going to like them, mm-hmm. but I bought them yeah. and they're just sitting there
1: so that's the same problem i have too but i'm the same way like if if i hear when that clive barker is dropping something i will pre-order that sucker a year in advance or more (laughs) oh yeah but if i'm scrolling through amazon and i'm like you know people who bought this might also like this and it's something i've never heard of and like it's an indie and i'm like well i don't know yeah
2: i used to take those things seriously like who i was being associated with like on the bottom of your author page Mm -hmm. you know people who like this author also bought this author Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I always look at that like that always, God, that was, that's funny that I just thought about that when you said that. That was the bane of my existence there for a while. That thing got me glued.
1: Yeah. I mean, it throws, and the the other problem is too, it throws things off because what Amazon is doing is it's looking at the history. So it's going to say, okay, I ordered three Dennis Freeman books, but at some point in the past, I also ordered a like Star Trek movie. So all of a sudden, you're connected. But also doing stuff like this, Dennis, people finding you
0: likable, go buy your book. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. if it is the absolute worst and then they will. <laughs> they, but seriously, <laughs> think about it. No, if wrong, you right. like somebody, you will give their their creation more than the benefit of the doubt and more people will leave positive reviews and they'll want to buy it because they like you as a person. And that's good.
2: I just got to work on being likable and we may be begin somewhere. <laughs>
0: started following you because you're likable that's why i appreciate that i mean if i and thought why? you were terrible i would have blocked you,
2: mm. so, <laughs> you <know. laughs>
0: and we probably unless, wouldn't be talking to you now oh we and definitely you're, wouldn't uh, be
2: so. unless you unless you're both just terrible people and you're trying to gauge how terrible i am so we could be friends i don't know i don't know oh, eternity song saw songs.
0: right through our mouths. it's about. true and actually this would be a great beginning to a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> Like we're all like serial killers doing yeah. our own brand of serial killing and we're all acting like we're not. And we're all gauging
1: each other. Yeah, we're planning we're planning a team up secretly without any of us knowing. Yeah, it's
2: like no it's like a really fucked up version of no exit.
1: Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm like, okay, if I ever go to Arkansas and I need to bury a body, now I know a guy you can help me.
2: Dude, Ozark <laughs> National Forest has i'm telling you this this area you make it a joke but this actually came up on jay leno like to get away with murder you just got to go to johnson county arkansas <laughs> nothing here nothing here gets solved we have uh. so much national forest it's a nightmare this is the
0: number one place for macabre cults classics and horrors for synopsis reviews and news go to macabre.com thank you for listening signing out until the next one